Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Two baseball trades consummated over the weekend. What does it mean for fantasy and reality? We'll get to that as well as give you the very latest round picks in the NFBC. Believe it or not, Frank and I have found some gems that are ADP 1000. Don't believe us? Stay tuned. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Good afternoon. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Frank Stample here with you on the show. We got a two-hour program every day, which you can now watch live on on television. How about that? You can watch it on the Pluto TV app, Zumo TV app, Stir as well. Those are three great apps. I downloaded all of them over the last week, and I've been watching all the different programming that we have here on SportsGrid. Of course, uh, Pharrell has joined our team. He'll be on later this afternoon. Make sure you stay tuned to that. We got an hour to go here on this program, and then we'll turn it over to Fantasy Freestyle. Dane Martinez is standing by for that. Frank, would you believe that uh, I downloaded uh, the Stir app? I don't know if you have that one, but I was kind of browsing through some of the things that they have there. Now, I got to tell you, so far, amongst the three app apps, excuse me, uh, I I had Pluto TV. I downloaded Zumo. I did not have Stir. And when I downloaded it, I caught one of my favorite television shows of all time. Have you ever heard of a show called Hunter? I have not heard of Hunter. What is this? Okay. 
Uh, this is uh, Fred Dreyer, who is a former NFL player and used to play on the Los Angeles Rams. He was on a 1980s show where he played a detective, a rogue detective that basically was always getting into trouble. It's not a comedy. It's a serious show. Uh, I actually watched about 20 minutes on Stir of uh, Hunter, believe it or not. Yep. Watched it yesterday. Okay, the latest in sports is coming up next. We've got a Sports Grid Radio update. I would say it's Chris Pavona coming up next, but instead we'll say it's Mr. Chris. Sports Grid News Update. Mr. Chris is in the house to give you your latest Sports Grid Network news update. In college football news, Coach Luke Fickle has decided to remain at Cincinnati after interviewing for the vacancy at Michigan State. Fickle, Fickle appeared to confirm that he is staying at Cincinnati with a tweet he posted Monday morning, showing a video of his Bearcats team celebrating in the locker room. Michigan State is looking for a new coach after longtime coach Mark D'Antonio announced his re- resignation last week. Uh, Fickle is in his third season with the Bearcats. He's 26 and 13 at the school and 2 and 0 in ball in bowl games. In baseball, Mookie Betts and David Price, they're finally going to Los Angeles. Sources told ESPN's Jeff Passan that the deal has been agreed upon to send the players to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a package that includes outfielder Alex Verdugo, shortstop Jeter Downs and catcher Connor Wong going to the Boston Red Sox. A deal that would have sent Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder Jock Peterson and additional players to the Los Angeles Angels is now off the table. Angels owner Art Moreno was reportedly unhappy with the delay of the original deal and per MLB Network's John Heyman, the terms of the original deal were very dependent upon the original Mookie Betts trade. According to the Athletics' Josh Tolentino, the the Tampa Bay Rays traded reliever Emilio Emilio Pagan to the San Diego Padres for outfielder Manuel Margot and catcher prospect Logan Driscoll. The 25-year-old Margot was once ranked the number 24 prospect in baseball by Baseball America. In four years with the Padres, he's a career 248 hitter with a 301 on-base percentage and 394 slugging percentage. Uh, slugging, excuse me, slugging percentage. <laughs> excuse me there. The 20. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me there. In NBA news, sources say that the Lakers are expected to have talks with Dion Waiters in the near future. Lakers president and GM Rob Palenka previously represented Waiters as a player agent. Waiters, Waiters was recently waived by the Memphis Grizzlies. In and uh, actually in uh, in. in uh, a story out of the Academy Awards, former NFL wide receiver Matthew A. Cherry won an Academy Award on Sunday for his animated short film, Hair Love. Cherry was a star at the University of Akron, spent about three seasons in the NFL on the practice squads and rosters of several teams before walking away in 2007. He later moved to Los Angeles to pursue his dream of working in Hollywood. Cherry wrote and directed Hair Love, a seven-minute animated short that chronicles an African-American father's attempt to do his daughter's hair for the first time. At the end of his speech, Cherry dedicated the award to Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, of course, won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film the year before. That is me, Chris Bavona, with the latest Sports Grid News update. Back to you, Mr. Craig. All right, Chris. Thanks very much there. Got through it, man. That's the important part, Chris. you got to get through it in the end. As long as you finish strong, it doesn't matter what happens at the beginning and the middle. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Can we get Bavona <laughs> some water? This guy's like dying on air right now. Holy cow, man! <laughs> get him a. You, you have a coffee this morning, Chris. What do you usually have in the morning when you get started? It depends. Sometimes I either go with coffee or green tea, and today I went with two cups of coffee. 
Yeah, you can tell. You were flying there. Yeah, maybe we lay off the the coffee a little bit, get some water. I think the problem is. (laughs) Oh, good. I got my water right here. He usually goes and. Danny usually goes to fill up the uh, the pitcher of water from the bar, and then he brings it down to the pit. The problem is Danny's here with me, so he's filling up my water bottle, which is great, and I'm very appreciative of that. But somebody in the pit, please go get Bavona some water. I know Danny's not there, but come on, man. This guy's dying out here. Seriously. I mean, I, I mean the, the other thing, too, is that, Chris, you know, you don't have if, – if you if – you, you know, stumble a little bit there, and it happens to all of us. It happens to me. It happens to Frank. It ha- I look, everybody in the industry does. You don't have to apologize over and over again, Frank. It's okay. We, we, I mean, you know, Frank, we, we, we're with Chris. You know, like we're we're good. Like we're all buddies here. You know. Yeah, there's no problem with that. Look, if I apologize every time I said something wrong or I messed up, uh, it'd just be a two-hour-long apology. So I'm just going to, you know, keep keep pushing through, and we'll be all right. Everything's all right. We got your back, Bavona. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Chris, I mean, listen, you know, it's, it's you know, just don't be like the Astros. I mean, you gave enough apologies there. It's fine. You'll be, you'll be fine. Not all enough right. apologies, uh, apparently. Th- no, I guess not. All right, on that note, let's, uh, let's move on mercifully to uh, some unlucky hitters in the game last year. Now, Frank, you know, part of this is trying to guess which of the players where BABIP really means something. You know, I mean, for years you hear about certain players who have a very high batted balls in play and those things don't really equalize. And and look, there's always going to be outliers to that. Adam Jones is usually a pretty good one that I like to bring up when he was on the Orioles. It feels like you've come up with some names here that in fantasy we have to pay attention to because of their BABIP and because they were just a little bit unlucky in their XBA last year. Yeah, Marcelo Zuna actually led the charge, but the problem is you're not getting any discount on Marcelo Zuna because he signed with the Atlanta Braves and expected to hit in the middle of one of the best ballparks in baseball. But you look at his uh, season last year, he was just so incredibly unlucky. And there's going to be players that have a low Babbitt because, you know, batting average on balls in play, if you hit a lot of fly balls, if you're part of this launch angle revolution, that's going to drive down your Babbitt. And, of course, when you hit home runs, those don't, those don't count as balls in play either. So if you are a high fly ball hitter like a Joey Gallo, you're always going to have a low Babbitt because a lot of the balls that you're hitting are either fly balls or they're home runs, and home runs don't count towards Babbitt either. But last year, Marcelo Zuna was just incredibly unlucky. He only wound up hitting 241 with a 288 expected batting average. Sometimes you see some disparities between uh, your batting average and expected batting average, but 47 points here, Craig, that is astronomical. So he was incredibly unlucky, and he's not even somebody who puts the ball in the air all that much. You could actually argue he should hit the ball in the air a little bit more. So uh, he was very unlucky last year. The biggest problem with Ozuna bouncing back, Craig, is you're not getting him at a discount. If anything, he's moving up draft boards. I've seen him climb all the way up into the sixth round of drafts now. I think I even saw a draft where he went in the fifth round. So a lot of people are excited about Marcelo Zuna this year, rightfully so. The problem is you're not getting much of a discount with the bounce back expected in 2020. Yeah, I I think that's the key there, Frank, is that most people feel like because Ozuna is on this one-year pillow deal where – he has an opportunity to hit free agency again without the draft pick attached to him that maybe he goes back to being somewhat close to what he was in um, in 2017. Now, I don't know that will ever be the case. He really had an outlier season that year. He was completely healthy, and he was also batting either in front of or behind, and in most times behind, the National League MVP and Giancarlo Stanton. So 
A lot of walks coming Stanton's way and a lot of fastballs coming Ozuna's way. And, uh, you know, shoulder issues also, I think, factored into all of that. But uh, hard to bet against a guy who is playing for the kind of money that Ozuna is going to be playing for this season. But the one counter to that, which is actually fair, is that Ozuna was playing for that contract this past season, too. So it's like he's kind of doing it over again. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. The best example of that that I could give you would be Ian Desmond a few years ago when he had to kind of put his tail between his legs and sign a one-year deal with the Washington Nationals. Didn't work out particularly well for him on the field, but still ended up getting a multi-year deal, as everybody knows, uh, from the Colorado Rockies. So potentially that could be the case with Ozuna, especially with no draft pick attachment. Uh, We're going to take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today when we come back. Baseball broadcaster, basketball broadcaster Rich Waltz joins the show. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today right here on Zumo TV, Stir TV, and uh, really Sports Grid TV as well. We'll be back with more of it right after this. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I did it very much. Curve ball, that's our friend. Yes. Craig Mish and Frank Stamfall. You got to take a few. That's I offer to God. Wrong. 
All right, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stamfel, and very happy to bring in our next guest to talk a little baseball, maybe some basketball as well. Of course, you see him on television these days covering basketball, covering baseball, and lately on, over on CBS Sports Network and doing some great uh, play-by-play work on television on the uh, baseball side over on Fox Sports 1 and MLB. Rich Waltz joins us. Rich, thanks for coming on the show. Great to catch up with you. Happy New Year. Frank Stanfill and Craig Mish, what's going on? Hi, Craig. Hi, Frank. How are we? It's uh, it's that time of year where basketball is about to collide with baseball. Um, so, you know, all the spring training sites sound like they're just about ready to go. So it's a good time of year for you guys for sure, right? I mean. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Let, let's start off uh, with your thoughts on the offseason, uh, Rich, before we get to any of that. We had big contracts going the way of Garrett Cole, of course, Steven Strasburg. Uh, you know, it, it seems like it's the haves and the have-nots once again in Major League Baseball. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, sign-stealing scandals going on. But I, I think overall all the attention on baseball is good, Rich, and, and that's kind of what we want as baseball fans is more attention toward it, don't we? Yeah, I, I think on the, on your first point, yes, with the, with the, um, with the contracts and teams that have been aggressive and, and tried to add to their uh, their teams and their chances of getting to the postseason. I'm not a big fan of the have-nots. I think that that divide in baseball is not healthy for the game. I think it's a it's it's a divide that has grown over the last two three years. Um, and maybe with it with the new agreement, there's some sort of mechanism they can put in place to guarantee that teams just don't you know pull the plug and. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, in in our history of Major League Baseball as broadcasters and fans, in the last uh, 10 to 15 years, this has become more and more popular. But it used to be there was only one or two teams that were in the process of doing that. And, uh, you know, obviously the poster, poster children for doing it and being successful were the Astros and, and the Cubs. But... I think what happens is the more teams that are doing it, the less likely you are to be one of those teams that has that type of success. I think it's harder to do it when there are six to eight teams that are doing it. Um, and then the sign stealing, I, I, I'm, I, I think we are all in agreement that this story is far from being over. Um, you know, I think what's what's been – handed down by Major League Baseball, I don't want to say it's scratching the surface because certainly it's significant, but I think it's, uh, you know, given the green light for uh, investigative journalists to dig deeper into uh, both the Astros and the Red Sox and probably some other teams. And I think it's also shown that baseball is serious enough that if there are other players out there on other teams or on those particular teams, or front office people or clubhouse attendants or whatever that have more information. Um, I think that's going to just continue to come out as that, as the wall street journal article uh, did over the, the last week. We're talking to rich Waltz. You can catch him uh, doing college hoops on CBS sports network. I want to ask a question about that in a minute. Uh, of course, on television on MLB network, Fox sports uh, is an apology enough at this point, rich. It doesn't seem like we've gotten enough of them. Uh, Dallas Keuchel apologized. 
and and who knows what his role was. And of course, he hasn't been on the team since they won the World Series. Charlie Morton spent one extra year with the Astros and then went to the Rays. Uh, we're going to find out in a few days because uh, here where I am, Rich, I'm less than an hour away from that ballpark. I'm guessing something has to be coming, doesn't it? More than what we've heard? Yeah, I, I, I would think so, too. And I, um, yeah, I think we are. Uh, I don't know that anybody's owed anything, but it would be nice if there was a lot more contrition and uh, details and honesty coming from not just pitchers, uh, but hitters, uh, guys that were involved in it. Um, and, you know, look, I think instinctively we all know that it wasn't just 2017. Um, I, I think if, if they were successful at it in 2017, if what's been reported is accurate, that the front office actually instigated it in 2016, and that front office was still in place in 18 and 19, then it's a lot deeper than just banging on a garbage can. I, I think most people in and around baseball um, are aware of that and, and understand that. So, yeah, I, look, I think it's just it's just going to until it all comes out, until someone just says, "Hey, this is what we did. This is how we did it," um, and not just a, a pitcher who wasn't involved in it that that saw it casually when walking by the, the video room or whatever. Um, I, I think until that happens, um, it, it's stuff just going to be bubbling up from players, from front office people, from uh, coaches, from people that were around or uh, in different places in, in different cities uh, over the last three years. Because um, it's a look, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 for me, it just needs to all come out because it's just going to keep dripping and dripping and dripping uh, until, you know, ad nauseum. I, yeah. I think there has there has to be some definitive whether the league, whether the league goes back and reopens the investigation or whether the Red Sox report carries much more detail and much more uh, many more implications. And we'll see. Hey, Rich, Frank Stanfield here. Thank you so much for joining us on Fantasy Sports Today. Obviously, a lot of what we do is trying to project hitters for fantasy baseball purposes. I kind of want to stick with the theme of asking you about these Astros. Obviously, nobody knows for sure, but when it comes to players like Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, these are very high draft picks in fantasy baseball. How much, if at all, do you think this is going to affect their production this season and maybe for seasons to come following this cheating scandal? It's really hard to tell, right? I mean, it's one thing that uh, it always has uh, not irked me, but um, I kind of shake my head, is, is people focusing on the Astros at home. Because in a major league video room, which is, you know, was essentially set up for replay, but is also, you know, oftentimes attached to the video instruction arm of a team, um, you essentially get all the cameras from both broadcasts, uh, home and away, because what you're trying to determine is uh, video reviews and getting all of those is, um, views is that's essentially the setup. So you can easily do this on the road as well. It's not, this is not something that you can only do at home. There are cameras that are tight on catchers or close enough uh, in center field that you can see the signs um, 
pretty um, pretty clearly. To your question, though, it's hard to tell, man. I mean, it's really hard to tell. How much did those hitters rely on it? Um, they're both talented guys, and, and they were both talented before this happened. So my guess is it's, it's not going to be a huge drop-off. Um, but that there's, there's, you know, they're always going to carry that around. The best thing for each of those hitters, obviously, is to have great years and have great years clean. And then to me, that washes away some of the stain. Um, but if you're picking a fantasy team with those two guys, uh, I, I, boy, I, I don't know. I would, my instinct tells me they're still going to be great players and they're still going to produce, but, but you just don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, Rich, so uh, speaking uh, of the halves in baseball, and certainly we've got in a month and a half to, to get this kind of worked out, is it just as easy as saying Yankees, Dodgers, and move on from that? I'm very careful about that, Rich. <laughs> I, I saw Washington you know, catch fire at the end of last year. It's very hard to repeat. The Red Sox just were in the tank from the beginning of the year last year. I don't think they had a good plan going into spring training. Is it as easy as that for you here or no? One of the beauties of baseball, even though we've got the divide of haves and have-nots, is you can go into spring training with the best rotation ever. You can go into spring training with the most dangerous lineup ever. You can go into spring training with both of those things in the same team. And oftentimes it just doesn't work out, whether it's injury, whether it's guys having a drop-off year, uh, whether it's another team that comes out of nowhere where they're, you know, where guys – put it together like the Nationals did last year. Um, that, to me, is what makes spring, train, make, makes spring training fun and makes baseball fun is, you know, what about the Atlanta Braves? Um, what about the Minnesota Twins? Um, there are teams out there that have, you know, have momentum and have talent. And if a couple guys can all of a sudden have career years, if a couple guys can really stay healthy, if a couple guys on those other super teams, so to speak, can't stay healthy, then uh, you then it's not as simple as saying those two teams. So that's to me, that's the fun about baseball. It's, it's, it's on paper. You can go into the season with all this and all that and say, hey, these guys are great, and, and they're going to win 110 games and, and all of that. And then someone in the rotation either gets hurt or is you know loses his stuff a hitter or two slumps, and then all of a sudden there's a surprise team or a team that's good that gets better um, that you didn't expect. Uh, Rich, real quick, 30 seconds before we go. Uh, March Madness is going to be here in a month. Give me one team to look out for that you've seen over the last uh, month or two in college basketball that could be making a run here. Give me one. Well, I'll tell you the, the, the best teams that I've seen in the last month, uh, and I don't get to see all of the teams. Seton Hall is one. They are absolutely uh, terrific. Uh, I like them a lot. I like their defense. Uh, they just got their second big back along with Romero Gill. So Seton Hall, to me, is it could be a, a, uh, not only a Final Four team, a team that could get to the national championship game. I awesome. had Gonzaga last. I had Gonzaga last week. Gonzaga's really, really good and really, really deep and well coached. That's a really good team. I've had San Diego State a couple times, and they're for real. Their, their body of work, they clobbered Creighton. And I saw Creighton this weekend, and Creighton's really good, too. So, Gonzaga right. and Seton Hall are the two best teams. All right, Rich, thank seen. you.
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you until 1 o'clock on the East. And then we'll turn it over to Dane Martinez. He's ready for a little fantasy freestyle. Stay tuned. Dane is coming your way in 30 minutes from now. The latest in the NBA and, of course, Major League Baseball, fantasy, reality, and everything else. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time on the video side today, I think that's a better word than TV. I'm going to use that. On the video side today, uh, then just know that Frank and I are here every day, 11 to 1 Eastern. Oh, that's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Frank, of course, in New Jersey, me in South Florida, and we cover a lot here on the show. Of course, we'll cover some pop culture throughout the week. We have different segments and things that we like to discuss, fun segments, pop culture, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever is going on. But again, our primary focus right now is fantasy baseball. I know a lot of you have drafts coming up. And once again, thanks to Rich Waltz for coming on the show. All right, an exercise that some would consider an exercise in futility, Frank. Trying to find a diamond in the rough is one thing. But what I did last night is I thought, let me try and do something that can even stump Frank. And that's hard to do because Frank is basically living, eating, and breathing fantasy baseball now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And dare I say, probably thinking about it even more than me. Probably. Don't know for sure, but probably. So I said, let me get into the NFBC. Let me take a look at the average draft position and not pick a player one through 100 or 200 or three or four or five or even six. Let's get to the NFBC's ADP of a thousand, a thousand or more, and find a fantasy relevant player in 2020. It's a daunting task, Frank. Do you think that you came up with anyone that will be drafted in any fantasy league from anyone listening to us today? I sure hope so, and I've got to say, Craig, this was a fantastic exercise because last night I'm scrolling through some of these names and <laughs> I have so many tabs open on my computer trying to figure out who some of these guys even are. So I think I found some interesting names here. Uh, I saw some of the names that you posted as well. I thought that this was an excellent exercise here. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, you know, it might take a few injuries for some of these guys to get an opportunity, but uh, look, they're far down the list, man. We're talking outside the top 1,000. It was actually a lot of fun to do, man. I give you credit. All right, so let, let's kind of dive in a little bit more, and I'm going to give you my first name. All right, now, again, for those of you who are listening, don't laugh, don't scream, don't yell, because I get it. A lot of you are not drafting these players, but this is a hard exercise. And we're doing a show that tries to go beyond the uh, norm, beyond the average. So uh, I am going to give you ADP 1094, Chaz Rowe of the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, now may be a good time to pick up Chaz Rowe with pick number 800 in the NFBC. Excuse me, like uh, drive his ADP up to 800. All you would have to do is draft him like two times. 
Chaz Rowe is the 1,094th ranked player in the NFBC. Why? Because he basically had no role as of 48 hours ago. But guess what now? 65 strikeouts in 51 innings last season. He had one save, one measly save. So he was he would he may be able to get you two saves this year. And two saves in an American League only league of 12 teams or more is worth the last pick in the draft and it's worth a buck. It may win a league for you. He was only taken in one F- NFBC league thus far. I give you Frank Chaz Rowe, reliever, Tampa Bay Rays. Chaz Rowe, over 11 strikeouts per nine last year, so there is some swing and miss stuff there. There are a lot of names in this mix, but hey, he had a save last year. He's had exactly one save in back-to-back seasons. That save can be the difference between you cashing or not in your NFBC drafts, in your rotisserie drafts, whatever format you play in. If you need closers, everyone's trying to find closers. Look, you're looking outside the top 1,000. Chaz Rowe, I think, is an interesting name. I'll throw one back your way. The first one that I had here, Craig, was Ray Black, the former top prospect with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, his ADP, 1,009. He was taken in four drafts thus far, and he was traded to the Brewers midseason last year. Throws extremely hard. The problem is he doesn't know where the ball is going half the time. Averages 98 miles per hour on his fastball, 11.7 Ks per nine in his major league career. A 14% swinging strike rate in 2019. So I'm intrigued by some of the strikeouts here from Ray Black. This would probably take an injury uh, to Josh Hader, but if if Josh Hader were to go down, looking at the rest of that Brewers bullpen, they don't really have another reliever who throws as hard as Ray Black. Now, that's not the only thing that factors into becoming a closer, but uh, I like some of the swing and miss stuff and some of the strikeout ability here from Ray Black. So if something were to happen to Hader, it wouldn't surprise me if Ray Black, uh, if he can get some of those walks under control, uh, got into the mix in the back end of the bullpen this upcoming season with the Milwaukee Brewers, Craig. Yeah, and uh, and I think that that's a very fair point. Uh, Ray Black is not someone on my radar, but I did see his name while I was looking at this, and I almost tried to make the case for it. Uh, you're right. This is an NL-only dart throw. Something not only would have to happen to Hater, something else would have to happen to somebody else in Milwaukee. But remember, Kniebel has not been the, uh, the vision of health. They got rid of Pomerantz in the offseason. Jeffers is no longer there. Maybe Ray Black is the third best uh, relief option in Milwaukee. And if he is, throw a buck at him in an NL only. Speaking of which, NFBC, here is the big one. ADP 1,018. 1,018. Melvin Adon. Who is he? Okay, I'm going to tell you. 14 for 15 in saves last season with the double-A Giants, Frank. Now, he got blown up in the PCL. That happens a lot. But he could be a future closer with the Giants. He's a top 15 prospect in their system. The question that you have to ask yourself, does he get any saves at all? I'd set the barometer at about three and a half saves for the season. Maybe gets called up in August or September if they trade some guys. Remember, it's not the expanded rosters anymore. They're only adding an extra two roster spots or three. NL only, I don't even know that you would draft him, but I could see maybe a September call-up, maybe two or three saves, Frank, and then we'll talk about him in 2021. Melvin Adon taken in three NFBC leagues thus far. 
Melvin Adon, yeah, look, we're trying to figure out the San Francisco Giants closing situation uh, with players like Tony Watson and Sean Anderson. It doesn't seem like anyone has a firm grasp on that role. So perhaps we do see uh, an opportunity for Melvin Adon here in 2020, again, going outside the top 1,000 in NFBC ADP. And I have another similar type reliever here that I'm looking at that has performed very well in the minor leagues for the Texas Rangers. His name is Demarcus Evans. He's been taken in six drafts thus far with an ADP of 1,008. He has 21 saves in the minors over the last two seasons. And the Rangers bullpen, much like the San Francisco Giants and a lot of these bullpens that we spoke about today, while Jose LeClerc is the guy, he's already been named the closer, He's struggled big time with command in his career. So, look, if he blows a couple of saves in a row and Demarcus Evans gets off to a great start once again in the minor leagues, perhaps we see him you know, elevated to the major league roster. There are a lot of things that have to happen with a lot of these players that we're talking about. But I really like what I've seen from him. 100 in strikeouts, 100 strikeouts in 60 uh, 60 innings pitch across two different minor league levels last season uh, in 30 appearances at AA. He had a 17% swinging strike rate. So the strikeouts are there for DeMarcus Evans. He's already closed out games in the minors the past couple years. Uh, and I think I don't think that Jose LeClerc is, is a short thing by any means with the Texas Rangers bullpen. So we're kind of going a similar route here uh, looking at relievers for uh, closing, uh, shaking situations, uh, for shaky closing situations uh, here in 2020, Craig. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, boy, I mean, we are really digging the bottom of the barrel here. All right, let me let me give uh, let me give one more. <laughs> let me give one more. I think I found one here. This is a real one. People are laughing. Um, ADP ten fifty four one thousand and fifty four. Wow, O'Neill Cruz. Who is O'Neill Cruz? I'm going to tell you. He's a shortstop on the Pirates. In AA last year, he had an OBP of about 35%. That's really good for a young player. He's a top-five organizational prospect. With all due respect to the Pirates, their organization is eh, not that great. Uh, but if they trade Kevin Newman, maybe there is some good value for him in an NL-only league. He's been taken in three NFBC leagues thus far. The Pirates don't look like a team that's going to compete this year. Should O'Neill Cruz, Frank, be taken in any fantasy league this year? I say yes. O'Neill Cruz. He's my guy. O'Neill Cruz. That's Craig Miss's guy here. Uh, shortstop for the Pirates huge. in their minor I'm league huge on system right now. And I actually like Kevin Newman, man. I feel like not enough people are talking about Newman. I like him. I guess there's, there is a chance that they can trade him. I mean, there's a chance they could trade everybody on the Pirates this year uh, as they look to move into that rebuild phase. Uh, but I do like Newman, too. So I think that you know more people should be talking about him. But if Newman were moved, O'Neill Cruz is a name that you can look at. Craig, the final name that I found was Dane Dunning of the Chicago White Sox. Yes. He's been taken in only one draft, ADP of 1,075, former first-round pick of the Washington Nationals back in 2016. Missed all of 2019 with Tommy John surgery. Uh, he came over in the Adam Eaton trade actually a couple of years ago uh, with the Washington Nationals. And I looked at his minor league numbers. This guy's been fantastic. 49 career starts in the minors. A 2.74 ERA. A 1.13 whip. 300 strikeouts in 266 innings pitched. I understand he's working his way back from Tommy John surgery. But, you know, there are a few names in that White Sox rotation right now where if they're trying to compete, they're going to have to actually perform well. 
and Ronaldo Lopez has been very inconsistent in his career. I didn't really see a lot that I liked out of Dylan Cease last year. I understand that he's a young uh, pitcher in their organization. He has some prospect pedigree, but I haven't seen much from either one of those guys. If Dane Dunning gets off to a great start in the minor leagues, there's a chance that we see him climb into the back end of that White Sox rotation this year, Craig. Yeah, I like it. Dane Dunning, interesting choice. Frank gave a good one there. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back with you here as we close out our second week of hosting together here on the show. We're, uh, we're done at 1 o'clock Eastern, so make sure you tune back in tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern as we cover everything that's happening. And you know, certainly you're starting to see some reports around the league for some players getting into camp. And certainly I will uh, definitely uh, be around uh, camps starting on Wednesday as well. We'll keep you updated on our programming for sure. Uh, earlier in the show, Frank, we got something started. We didn't get a chance to finish. I hate not finishing, so I wanted to do that. You had uh, some other players that you felt looked a little bit luckier uh, on your side going into the 2000, or unlucky, I should say, in the 2019 season that could have that luck turn around in 2020. So Ozuna, I think, was a good example, although we don't really know if he was injured or kind of what his mental state was going into his year of free agency last year. Is there anyone else that you're higher on because you've noticed that difference? Yeah, there's a few names here. Uh, Justin Smoke is one that stands out to me as well. We saw last year just a 208 batting average with a 250 expected batting average. Uh, he's been a far cry from the player he was a couple of seasons ago when he had that breakout season with the Blue Jays. 38 home runs back in 2017. Uh, but the walk rate is always good. He's always going to get on base. And now he latches on with the Milwaukee Brewers. It's going to be interesting to see how he finds playing time. So kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit how you see this playing out here, Craig, because a roster resource right now has Ryan Braun as the everyday first baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm not sure that they want him in the outfield much anymore. They signed Avisael Garcia as well, so they pretty much have their outfield set with Garcia, with Lorenzo Cain, with uh, Ryan Braun as well. Uh, I mean, with uh, with Christian Yelich and then Ryan Braun at first base. Uh, so if Justin Smoke is just a bench player, I understand why he's going outside the top 500. But if he did get regular playing time in this lineup, in this ball park, then you know there would there would be a great value to be had with his past 500 ADP right now. So you know how do you see this playing out? Do you think that uh, that we could see some consistent playing time from Justin Smoke here with the Brewers in 2020? Yeah, I do, and I think that at the very least he'd be on the strong side of a platoon. Even Braun said himself at their Winterfest that he didn't know if he was an everyday player anymore, and he would have to assess his career after this year. So I, I think that was a pretty good indication. So that's you know a feather in your cap there. Aguilar is gone. Travis Shaw is gone. I don't see Avisel Garcia playing first. Eric Thames is gone too. 
I mean, I just think that simply put, Frank, there's going to be playing time for Smoke. I don't think there's any doubt. And and look, they really lost a lot of weapons in this offense in the offseason. I think that they're going to need him. So I think that that's a, a excellent one on your part. Uh, you mentioned Ozuna before, and I, just for the comparison there, I don't think that, as you mentioned, I don't think he's going at a discount at all. I think he's kind of going where he should go in, in terms of ADP. Uh, but I think that Smoke could get a little bit of a boost and if there's any indication as to any ballpark in America where one player that hits from the left side got the biggest boost maybe in the history of baseball in terms of power, there's no doubt it was Christian Yelich. So maybe some of that is a little TBD with Smoke in 2020. So a good example. Yeah, I wanted to bring up his teammate as well. I mentioned the name Lorenzo Cain. He hit just 260 last year, but had an, an expected batting average, according to StatCast, of 290. Now, I understand Lorenzo Cain is getting up there in age, Craig. Uh, he's 33 years old. He's going to turn 34 in April. Uh, and we saw some of the skills come back a little bit last year. He finished, again, with a 260 batting average, just 18 stolen bases and 11 home runs. Do you think there's a chance that he can bounce back, or is this someone that you're looking to uh, avoid? Because I actually kind of like where Lorenzo Cain is going. He's co going close to, I believe it's like 280p right now. Lorenzo Cain, 186. So everyone's trying to find speed. I still think that he's going to play majority of the time in center field for the Brewers, even at his advanced age. And I think he's someone that can give you, you know, 12 home runs, 20, maybe 25 stolen bases with you know, a serviceable batting average. I think that there's some bounce back potential here for Lorenzo Cain, and he's not being drafted that way. An NFBC ADP 186 in the month of February, Craig. Yeah, uh, Cain was on our show a couple of weeks ago and, and talked about how he kind of went through a lot of different injury issues last season, nagging ones, but Kane is not somebody that comes off the field. You know, I, I think that the age has kind of caught up a little bit to him. I still think he can be a very effective player. There is that discrepancy that you mentioned in terms of the expected batting average, so I think that we would probably expect a little bit more. But the issue for me was just a couple of things that really – fell off significantly over the last couple of years, and one was the stolen bases. And he played in 148 games. He only had 18 steals. Um, so I do think you're probably right. I think the OBP is better this year. I think the batting average is a little bit more. But a career high caught stealing and essentially a career low in terms of stolen bases because the one year that he had 14, he missed uh, almost 60 games. So uh, I temper my expectations for Kane, but I do think that he's better this year. Yeah, I think he's better as well. And again, look, if he doesn't steal bases, he's probably not going to have much value from a fantasy perspective. Like, if that number drops down to 15 or even 12 stolen bases, something like that, uh, the batting average is not what it once was. While I do think it's going to bounce back, you probably get, you know, Lorenzo Cain somewhere in like the 275 to 280 range this year. So if, if that's the player that he is and he's not stealing as many bases, then I understand why he would be going here. But personally, I think that, you know, if he's healthy, we could see the stolen bases at least be what they were last year, maybe improve a little bit bit, you know, get to 20, 22 stolen bases. And that's, you know, there's value to be had uh, there with, you know, drafting Lorenzo Cain as maybe your third or fourth outfielder in a Roto League this upcoming season. Craig, I don't know how you feel about Jerickson Profar, but he's been a very polarizing player from a fantasy perspective in his career. Obviously, once regarded as one of the top prospects in baseball, last year the batting average just completely imploded, down to 218 in his first season with the Oakland A's. But he had an expected batting average of 251, and his BABIP 
was just 218. In his career, he's a 257 BABIP. So he does, he's not even someone that normally has a great BABIP, but 218 is actually incredibly low, even for a Jerickson Profar. He puts the ball in play. He's got a 16% strikeout rate in his career. He's got a solid eye at the plate, too. Back-to-back -back seasons of uh, over a 9% walk rate. Everybody wants exposure to the San Diego Padres this year. I think that Jerickson Profar is being overlooked. I mean, you can he's free. 442 uh, ADP over at the NFBC right now. If you want exposure to the Padres, someone who still is just 26, he's going to turn 27 this upcoming season, puts the ball in play. He hit 20 home runs with nine stolen bases. It, you know, you're looking for a middle infielder that can give you 20 and 10, and I think the batting average bounces back to probably, you know, 250, maybe 260. At four, 442 ADP, I think this is a great value here, Craig. I think he's an NL guy for me. I think he's only an NL guy for me. Um, I don't know. He's just had so many injuries over the course of his career. And, I mean, I, I wonder if the season that he had two years ago uh, with Texas was the outlier in terms of some of the advanced stats. I mean, uh, career high in on-base percentage, career high in batting average, career high in runs driven in, career high in steals, career high in runs. I, I, I think that... Frank, there's a chance that he's in between somewhere of 2018 and 2019. But simply put, Oakland can't really afford to, to trade cheap, effective players. And when they get rid of a player, I always kind of look at it and wonder if they know something. There's not a lot of organizations I feel that way about, but I do with Oakland because they're always trying to have to do things on the cheap and figure it out. So this is one that I'm going to have to take a pass on. I don't think he ends up on, on any of my teams this year. Yeah, and that's fine. I get it. Look, if you're not you're not a Jerkson profile guy, and I think the point that you made about the Oakland A's makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, I just look at the batted ball data from 2018 to 2019. Uh, the biggest difference was that he was pulling the ball 10% more. So if he can lower that pull rate once again, the hard contact was basically the same. The average exit velocity basically the same. Puts the ball in play a lot. Uh, basically had two of the same seasons, he was just incredibly unlucky in terms of uh, batting average on balls in play. I think there is some bounce back potential for Jerks and Profar. Uh, and even if you play in a points league as well, uh, he's not going to strike out a lot, so it doesn't hurt you there either. So I'm, I'm a little bit interested in Jerks and Profar this upcoming season. All right, Craig, obviously you work with the Miami Marlins. You had a first-hand look within the division last year of Robinson Cano, who was coming off a season the year before in 2018 where he was suspended uh, for performance-enhancing drugs last year. And we see this often, right, where guys come back off the, the PED suspension, they can't stay healthy. So last year, Robinson Cano just put, plays in 107 games. But he was unlucky in terms of the expected batting average. He had 256 last year. Uh, he only had 13 home runs, 39 RBIs. It was a dreadful season for Robinson Cano. But the expected batting average says that he wasn't lucky and that he should have hit somewhere closer to 280. I just drafted him as my starting second baseman in my NFBC league. I am not proud of that. I feel terrible about that personally. Uh, but do you think there's an opportunity for a bounce back here for Robinson Cano? Or do you think we've kind of hit the end of the line uh, with his age, the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy since the PED suspension? Uh, he's up there in age. He's, you know, he's 37 years old. So uh, it definitely could just be the end of the line here for Robinson Cano. I think there is a bounce back for Cano, uh, the, the perfect storm for him last year. Injuries, ineffectiveness, and being called out for uh, not hustling did not work in his favor. All right, time to end the show. Frank's got your exit velocity. I feel the need. The need. 
exit velocity. Nice velocity. All right, thanks, Craig. Mish, we have Exit Velocity here on Fantasy Sports today. Again, I am Frank Sample. We spoke about this earlier, the fact that this Dodgers trade finally went through with Mookie Betts moving over from Boston to the Dodgers. And I just got to get this one off my chest once again. This reminds me of a bogus fantasy trade, right? You see this all the time where a trade will go through and then, you know, people start reacting to it. Oh, can you help me veto this trade? I thought you could have got more for that player. That's exactly what the Boston Red Sox did here. They trade away Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. Then everyone in the league is laughing at them. They found out that they could have got more. They end up redoing the trade, restructuring the, the trade. They get their prospect in Jeter Downs and Alex Verdugo. I just think it's laughable what the Boston Red Sox did with this whole trade fiasco. That is it for Fantasy Sports today. I am Frank Stample with Craig Mish. We'll be back again tomorrow. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 